0: You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr.
1: Suzanne. Osteoporosis or porous bone is a condition characterized by low bone mass and structural deterioration of bone tissue, leading to bone fragility and increase of fractures of the extremities, particularly the hip, wrist, and spine. According to the National Institute of Health, more than 53 million people either already have osteoporosis or are at high risk due to low bone mass. Both men and women are affected by osteoporosis, which can be prevented and treated optimally to reduce the risk of future fractures. Today, we have Dr. John Neustadt, an expert in bone health and the founder and president of Nutritional Biochemistry, Inc., NBI. He is also the author of a Revolution in Health Through Nutritional Biochemistry, as well as the medical textbook Foundations and Applications of Medical Biochemistry in Clinical Practice. Great to have you here on Wellness for Life, Dr. Neustadt.
0: Thank you so much. I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to talk with you and uh, get to know you and your listeners a little better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd love to hear your take on what's your definition of osteoporosis and why is it so important for people uh, to learn more about it?
0: Well, I think the easiest definition is that, which is the diagnostic definition of osteoporosis. That is, if somebody has low bone mass, that is as defined by a T-score, that's the results on a bone mineral density test, a T-score of less than negative 2.5, they have osteoporosis. And if they have between negative 1 and negative 2.5, then they have pre-osteoporosis and osteopenia. But what it really is, is it's the quality of the bone is is decreasing. It's getting worse, and it, and it increases our risk for fractures and fracture-related uh, problems like death. In fact, if you have osteoporosis and you break a hip, there's a 20% chance that you're going to die within a year. And if you happen to survive, there's a twenty percent chance that you're going to end up in with chronic pain or other chronic issues requiring ongoing care. So it's an incredibly serious issue that, that people should be concerned about.
1: Oh, I, I'm seriously concerned about it because I have an a eighty-eight-year-old young mother, and that's one of my biggest, you know, concerns. Is that we've got to keep on getting her moving, uh, giving her the right support nutrition-wise, and that's why I'm so excited to have you here and talk more about it. I just wanted to clarify with people regarding the T-score. You mentioned that it, it, you want it, you don't want it less than negative 2.5, or at least negative, less than negative 2.5 means that you're in the osteoporosis range. And for people to don't understand that when it goes negative 2.5 or less than, that means uh, uh, you don't want it In the higher number, negative three is less than 2.5. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, And thank you for clarifying that. That is correct.
1: Yeah, it's because sometimes we look at the number and we think, oh, you know what? Um, Often we just don't, we're not aware aware of that. So I just want to make sure. Well, let's talk about the screening tools. You know, uh, what do doctors do? What do you recommend? What's the best diagnostic method?
0: So there is only one diagnostic method for osteoporosis that's the bone density uh test unfortunately we're limited it's it's uh, bone is a complex tissue and there is Obviously, the bone density test, which is an X-ray exam. And as I mentioned, that's the way osteoporosis is diagnosed. That's the official diagnosis. There are other ways of looking at bone through some blood tests uh, under carboxyde osteocalcin or antelopeptide, or it's abbreviated NTX, or there's another one abbreviated CTX. There are different ways to look to see, are we losing bone? But the reality is they osteoporosis is frequently called the silent disease because the first symptom of osteoporosis, unfortunately for too many people is that they break a bone.
1: Mm, and so many people are not getting these DEXA scans, these bone scans.
0: They should get them. The, the, the recommendations for bone density scans is that if you are 65 years or older, uh, you should be getting them uh, universally as a, screen, as a screening. But there are many risk factor factors for osteoporosis that are important to consider that for many people younger than 65, it's important to get screened. If you have a malabsorption issue like ulcerative colitis, irritable, uh, you know, chronic irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease, those are important risk factors that you need to get screened for osteoporosis uh, for at an earlier age. If you have uh, celiac disease, if you have any inflammatory rheumatic disease, like um, uh, you know, an arthritis, for example, that that can predispose you. If you have uh, breast cancer, premenopausal, breast cancer, and you've had tamoxifen, that's a risk factor. There are lots of actually medications that increase your risk for osteoporosis. Uh, proton pump inhibitors, the acid blocking medications that are so incredibly common these days, unfortunately, people are popping them like candy. The FDA never approved those for more than a couple weeks of, of continuous use, but people are taking them, you know, long term for months or even years. And what we know now is that if you take them for over four years, it increases the risk for uh, osteoporosis and hip fractures by over 40%. And so getting, first of all, if you can diagnose and treat the underlying cause of your acid reflux, that's even better to not even take them in the first place or work with an integrative doctor uh, like yourself or, or others who can approach this in a more holistic way to, uh, to get, get you off the medications to begin with that, that is phenomenal. But if you do are on medications that increase the risk to, Make sure you're getting screened, and then to do things to uh, stop and reverse the bone loss and prevent further bone loss that may be uh, occurring. A very common medication actually for breast cancer is the estrogen blocking medication, uh, anastrozole, for example. Uh, Those types of medications; those uh, also strip the bone of calcium and cause osteoporosis, Uh, chronic uh, glucocorticoids like prednisone uh, for inflammatory diseases, that causes osteoporosis and can increase the risk of fractures by over 200%. So at the very least, have the conversation with your pharmacist or your doctor, is there a risk for osteoporosis with the medications, and then start looking for solutions to get off the medications if you can, uh, or at the very least, stop and prevent the side effects of, of those
1: medications. Right, right. You know, uh, when it comes to osteoporosis, I mean, I had a patient who came in with the, um, the anti reflux, you know, pills, the proton pump inhibitors, and she's been on it for I think about 30 years. I mean, she was in her late, late 70s, I believe. And she had kidney disease from it in doctor and uh, I'm we talked about it I talked about it with her doctor. And we started Weaning her off, I changed her diet, all that, and literally her kidney function tests went back to normal. Went back to That's normal. Fantastic. It took about six months, six months. But boy, uh you know we were concerned because she was having really reduced kidney function so we all have got to look at all the medications that we're all taking um and as you say over the counter you know two weeks and then you got to fix the real problem why is it that we have the reflux in the first place right which a lot of it has to do with our diet and i'd love to talk more about that before i ask uh, go into the diet and how we can uh, optimize our um change of the biochemistry of our bone. What is is osteoporosis a genetic condition? For instance, if your mother has it or your father, um, you know, can you also be more predisposed?
0: I love this question. And what's interesting is oftentimes in medicine and with people too, when they're looking for an answer, why do I have this? What's going on with me? When there is no easy answer, the default oftentimes is, oh, it must just be genetic. The reality is if your mother has osteoporosis, if you're a woman and your mother has osteoporosis, you are at a higher risk of getting osteoporosis. And at a certain point, medicine says, oh, it's just genetic. Yet there are no, there are no studies showing, well, which genes are they, what's involved, uh, and if they did identify those genes instead of it just being an association they would have to actually show cause and effect. But what is more important than that is lifestyle and diet. Frequently, we yes, we inherit our genes from our our parents, but what do we also inherit from our parents? We inherit our diet and our lifestyle. Most people, uh, they're obviously, when they're growing up, they don't really have a choice of how they eat and how they're living their life, and that's dictated by their parents. And a lot of times when they get out as young adults on their own in life, they're just doing what they've always done. And what we find, uh, the CDC has actually concluded that, yes, genetic diseases uh, are important when it comes to children. There are genetic diseases that af- affect children. But as we age, as we get into adulthood and as we get older and older, the role genes play on our health, the impact becomes less and less, their impact is reduced. What is more important is our diet and lifestyle that we're following, because those will actually turn on and off genes all day long, what we put in our body, the, the, what, we, what we drink, what we eat, the stress that we're under, exercise, how much sleep we're getting, medications we're taking, all of that is turning genes on and off. And so as we age, the genetic component becomes less and less important, and how we living our life? That is the most important determinant.
1: Great, great. Which, you know, then of course, I want to ask, what is your approach to reducing fracture risk?
0: Fantastic. That's a great question. And of course, the most—that that is the most important question. Unfortunately, too many people, they go to a doctor, they get their bone density test done, and the doctor treats the number on the test. They try and increase or improve that bone density test. Number And too many times patients walk out of that appointment thinking that they're protected when in fact the World Health Organization, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, anyone who's looked at the research has correctly concluded that fracture risk depends on factors largely other than bone density. A bone density test only predicts 44% of women who will break a bone and only 21% of men. And I love educating people about this because it's important to put it in the proper context. This can be a very scary diagnosis. And to step back and, 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 and let people know it's not just about the bone density test. And we're going to do things and help you holistically that's going to protect your bones and reduce your risk much more than just looking at that number on the test. So it's diet, diet its lifestyle, its dietary supplements, those are the three categories. It's looking at, and then a fourth one, as we already touched on, looking at medications or diseases that may be there that increase the risk and seeing if we can treat those in a different way and get people off the medications, reduce their risk through, through modifying those, fa- those factors. But the three big categories that have shown repeatedly to not only stop and reverse bone loss, but even more importantly, reduce fracture risk. When you do them together, you're going to get a, a better outcome. And that is diet, lifestyle, dietary supplements.
1: Well, let's jump in. You know, diet. Let's start with diet. And everyone knows, uh, you know, it's on the, the, TV commercials, you got to take your calcium, uh, but there's so much more. So I really would love us to go into what are the most important uh, foods that we need to eat? What? How can foods help us?
0: That's a great question. And the overall emphasis that I put on this is it's about the pattern of your diet. It's not about just one individual food. It's your overall pattern over time that's most important. The diet that's been shown, the dietary pattern that's been shown to have the most health benefits is the Mediterranean-style diet. It's been looked at for over 60 years. There is not one negative study on this way of eating. It comes out of, like the name implies, the Mediterranean area. And around the Mediterranean Sea, those countries, like Greece and Italy. And it's been shown to reduce the risk for heart disease, obesity, diabetes, osteoporosis, fractures, cancer, death from cancer, Alzheimer's disease, even reversing, in a study, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And the research is very clear that the, the more somebody adheres to this dietary pattern, this way of eating the lower their risk for osteoporosis and their lower the risk for fractures uh, are in one study there's a 21% decrease risk in hip fracture and there's like i said there's just not any there are no negative studies on this way of eating
1: fantastic so get more in the mediterranean uh, lots of veggies, um, even olive oil, as you're saying. And I'm sure inflammation has a lot to do with fish having some fish, cold water fish. Um, and that's that to me, it's the smaller the better, only because uh, we are dealing with mercury out, out these days in our oceans. Um, how about lifestyle? What changes can we make with our lifestyle?
0: So reducing inflammation is, is, is crucial. And unfortunately, a lot of things that we do with our lifestyle uh, increase inflammation. One of the biggest problems these days is, especially as we age, it becomes more and more of an issue. Uh, and osteoporosis tends to be a disease uh, where it occurs m- more in people who are, are getting older, that uh, sleep deprivation, insomnia, not getting full restorative sleep increases inflammation, but it also increases the risk for falls and fall-related injuries. So I think that's one of the most important things is making sure you're getting adequate, good sleep. Unfortunately, people tend to be over-medicated when it comes to that. There's a whole category of medications for sleep called the benzodiazepines that they don't improve sleep quality. And in fact, research has shown that they increase your risk for serious uh, side effects, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of, of those, but there are natural things that people can do if sleep uh, is an issue. Making sure that they're going to bed at the same time every night. Fitbit did an amazing study where they looked at over 6 billion data points from their users and discovered that the biggest predictor of healthy sleep is if people go to sleep at about the same time every night. You're training your body. Making sure the right temperature is there, 69 or 70 degrees. Uh, if you need some dietary supplements, uh, most people turn to melatonin But uh, there are lots of reasons why that's not enough for for uh, most people. And so looking at uh, good uh, dietary supplements, a time release biphasic type of system to more likely mimic the body's own sleeping pattern uh, can be helpful. So as I mentioned, sleep is great. Uh, Lifestyle and and exercise and lifestyle to me are are sort of part of the same side of the coin. In, In terms of lifestyle, exercise doesn't have to mean going to the gym. Research has shown going for a brisk walk. Uh, getting out of the house uh, you know a couple times a day and going going for a walk can improve balance reduce the risk for falling and fall related injuries uh, sure if you will, if you like going to the gym and pumping iron you know that's great but not everybody does and it doesn't have to be that way find something that you enjoy find a hobby find something you love gardening is phenomenal um, you're, you know, you're squatting, you're bending over, you're getting up. That's amazing for improving balance and, and, and strength. Or even if it's just at, at, at your house with a, with a chair, doing some, uh, some dips with a chair, some tricep dips or some squats. You know, there's lots of things that you can adapt to whatever lifestyle you have. You can adapt exercise into your daily routine just as part of your life and get incredible health, health benefits from and reduce your risk for fractures.
1: Hmm, well said. You know, I tell my patients, this is what I do. Three times a week I go shopping at the uh, health food store for my food, and I do not use a shopping cart. John, I used two... Um, reusable bags. And I put one on each shoulder and I just stuff it. And over the Love 30 it. minutes of shopping, I'm getting a lot of weight and I'm getting a lot of stress on my joints, on my arms, on my my spine and my hips. I, I know for a fact that it's really my bones are just loving it. So that's what I recommend people do. There's so many little things that you can do uh, that that you don't realize is going to help your yeah. bone health.
0: Even just part, you go to the supermarket, you park across the parking lot. Don't look for the, don't play the game where you're jockeying for the closest spot to the door, you know, park, park a little further away, walk a little more. It all adds up. Right,
1: exactly. With that being said of the exercise, you know, I'm a big, big sun. I I can't say I'm a worshiper, but I love the sun and I'm a big believer in going in the sun daily to do your best to get your vitamin D uh, production in your skin. Uh, How about that? Let's talk a little bit about why it's important for that.
0: So vitamin D is important because it helps with bone mineralization and it helps with calcium absorption uh, through the intestines. Uh, The interesting thing with vitamin D is that even though people may be getting sun, a lot of people can still be deficient in it. So I'm a big believer and proponent of getting vitamin D tested. Done. I think the the target that I like is a test result of over fifty, and that should be people's goals, in my opinion. And in the winter, especially if you're above, let's say, you know, we're here in California, so above Santa Cruz, um, heading east, you know, cutting across the country, anywhere sort of north of there. The sun doesn't get high enough in the sky to actually activate the vitamin D receptors in the skin. So even if you're out in the sun, you're still not going to be producing the, the vitamin D. And vitamin D, blood levels of vitamin D can fluctuate depending on the time of year. So it's important to, to, to realize that.
1: Such a great point. I know, I know. I'm know. i in Southern California and we're just on that cusp on that latitude. You're absolutely right. You know, in California, we get a lot of sun. But I know for a fact, I, I don't know what your levels are, but mine my, my levels were just miserable. It was so difficult to get up even when I would go in the sun regular. So I have to take supplementation and 10,000 I use for me works and it gets me to about 68, 70 uh, nanograms per milliliter. So that's, that's key. I, I totally agree with you. Over 50 is important. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to push that uh, calcium into the bone as well. That's a combination of vitamin D. Let's move in. if we're talking about supplements, what else do you recommend? For supplements.
0: So, the, the most important question that I like to educate people on about supplements when it comes to osteoporosis is ask the most important question first, and that is has the supplement, has the nutrient been shown in clinical trials to reduce fractures? Because ultimately, that's the most important thing. There are a lot of nutrients out there in the dietary supplement space that are marketed for bone health, but don't have any clinical trials showing they actually work. The four nutrients that have clinical trials on them shown to reduce fractures are calcium, vitamin D, MK4, a specific form of vitamin K2, and strontium. Other than that, the other nutrients, uh, mag- magnesium, for example, is popular in bone health supplements, never been shown to reduce fractures. People have actually said to me, well, don't I need magnesium to, for my calcium absorption? And I asked them, "Please send me the study. I've scoured the research. There's no no studies uh, showing that that's actually required. And like, I'm a big fan of magnesium. I love it. Uh, it's in green leafy vegetables. I love it as a dietary supplement. But we're talking about specific products and formulations for a targeted issue like bone health, like osteoporosis, nutrients." Mm that have been shown to reduce fractures, to me, that's what the formula should be based on because that's what somebody's concern is. If they should have extra magnesium, maybe in a multivitamin or multimineral supplement, that's fantastic. But for bone health, the most important question is, have the nutrients been shown to reduce fractures?
1: Mm. Let me ask you a question. You mentioned about these four. Have you ever looked into collagen? If, if any forms of protein peptides are good for bone growth?
0: So bone growth and fracture are two different things. So for, right. example, for example, bone mineral density. When bone mineral density is going down, we can say that you're, you're losing bone mass. And when it goes up, we can say, well, your bone's growing again. But that's, that's missing the point because bone is more than just bone density. It's more than just minerals. The bone density test only test the mineral content of the bone. But the, but the bone is a tissue and all tissues have more than just one element in it, more than just minerals, for example, with bone. Bone also has connective tissue in it or type one collagen, bone collagen. And it's the collagen that gives bone its, its quality. It's the collagen, for example, in our skin. There's collagen. If you, it's elastic. If you pull on your skin and it sort of bounces back, that's the collagen. The minerals give bone its hardness. But when the collagen uh, sort of, if the collagen's degenerating, the minerals, it would be just like a column of chalk that's very, very brittle. So when you talk about taking collagen and has a collagen supplement, does that help grow bone? Well, it may. But there's no study showing that, that collagen reduces fractures. And to me, that's the most important thing. Everything else is just theoretical uh, for, for from my my point of view. And I think collagen mm. supplements have, have a have a you know have their their place. But when it comes to osteoporosis, that you know, for me I'm looking at what studies have shown fracture reduction. And we could get up to over 80% fracture reduction uh, in in studies without those uh, without without the collagen, although collagen for individual people may actually be appropriate depending on the situation.
1: Mm, yeah, I you know I, I treat all forms of different types of uh, bone issues. One of it is f- for fractures, and at least in my practice clinically, I find that collagen is imp- is not, I I don't look at it prevention. I'm trying to heal someone who's had a fracture, and collagen helps really speed up. Uh, that and it could be instead of like a six week process, um, I treat a lot of athletes too. Within four weeks, their their bone is solid. So oh, I know that it helps in growth, as you yep. say, exactly as you say. But um, uh, you do you've done all the clinical research and the studies, and as you say, these four supplements—calcium, vitamin D, MK four, and strontium—are the most important when it comes to prevention of fractures, right? Uh, helping with the risk of fractures. So let's go through each one. I just want to ask some quick questions about it. Calcium. There's many different kinds of calcium, calcium citrate, calcium oxide. Can you just give us, okay, what's the best source of calcium that we should be eating, taking in?
0: So the best source of calcium, I like ones that don't require stomach acid to be absorbed. And that's going to be the citrate and the malate, the, um, other other types of calcium require it, but as we age, the risk for people uh, having reduced stomach acid goes up, and so their ability to break apart the pill and actually access the calcium and absorb it goes down so I'm a fan of types of you know chelated forms of of calcium or calcium citrate or calcium malate, for example. but the reality is in with the with the studies it, You know, calcium is a pretty minor ingredient. I'm not a huge fan. You know, I I don't like to put too much weight on calcium.
1: So then, um, you know, we get a lot of calcium also from our foods. I I prefer prefer eating, uh, you know, whole foods so that we can extract it ourselves. But if you do need some... What is the amount that you recommend? Five hundred, thousand?
0: So the 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 U.S. Uh, d- you know daily recommendation is from the government uh, is twelve hundred to fifteen hundred milligrams a day. That's from all sources. Uh, I think sometimes people confuse that and they they think it has to be from dietary supplements. But a dietary supplement should be exactly what the name implies. It should be a supplement to a, a good diet. The average American diet. Uh, it provides about 800 milligrams a day. So if you're looking for a supplement, uh, yes, I think it depends on what your doctor tells you. Uh, they recommend you should have because they know your specific situation better uh, than I do. But in general, I think if you're looking at um, you know, 400 milligrams is probably adequate for most people as a dietary supplement, maybe a little more. Some people wanna go higher up to 1,000, but I would not recommend generally more than 1,000 milligrams as a dietary supplement.
1: Okay, thank you. That's a great point. Uh, vitamin D, you know, I, I've talked about it many times here on our show, it's important that you get your um, vitamin D tested in your blood just to see, okay, how much should I be taking? I, I'm a big believer in that. But let's jump into MK4. Because I really re- am excited about uh, this uh, supplement. And I've been taking it I give it to my mother and all my patients uh, that are in their uh, mid 40s to 50s are starting to take it too. So let's chat about MK4. What is it? And why is it so important in our lives
0: mk4 is a specific form of naturally occurring vitamin k2 it occurs in in animal products uh, dairy for example but and our bodies can produce a little bit of it It, we can convert vitamin k1 into vitamin k2 in small amounts but there have been uh, over seven thousand volunteers studied in clinical trials for uh, up to eight years, over 25 clinical trials, uh, most of them out of Japan, other places in the world as well, that have looked at 45 milligrams of vitamin, of MK4 per day as as a dietary supplement and been shown to reduce fractures by up to about 80%. And it's been so well studied that, in fact, in Japan, it was approved as a medication for the treatment of osteoporosis and for the treatment of bone pain caused by osteoporosis since 1995. In the U.S., it's not actually a medication. It's not approved by the FDA to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any disease, but it is available as a dietary supplement. In fact, when I was in my clinical practice, I couldn't find the clinical dose that I needed to help my patients, so I went and created... The product of the company that I that I that I founded to create that product for my patients that has the clinical dose of the MK four plus the calcium and vitamin D to create a complete supplement.
1: Right, right. It's actually available online. Uh, if you go to NBI Health, is that correct?
0: That is correct. NBI
1: yes. Health yeah N, as in nancy b boy i as in i health.com i know that you have that available for everyone uh, here and if you also i think you've also given for our audience there's a, a 10% off of all the supplements if you go to osteo k10 osteo k10 for the promo code you will be able to get 10% off on all these supplements. But what I I'm really interested in also then when we talked about MK4 is that um, the fact that when you look at fractures 80% that you're you're going to reduce the risk. That's huge, huge. And when you compare that to the drugs that that you know, uh, medical doctors are given out for because most medical when it comes to this, there's not a real big option. They, there's nothing that you you can really uh, recommend, but MK four of eighty percent—that's that's a huge percentage of improvement, uh, and it's not even known in in, in this country. That's that, the crazy thing.
0: That's correct, and that's why I'm so uh, appreciative of of the opportunity that you've invited me on to to share what I've learned and and hope help, help educate people of what they can do. And I, I just want to be clear: I, I think there is a place for for, for medications. Um, But the bisphosphonate medications that are the the first line of therapy that doctors tend to prescribe, Fosamax, for example, uh, I think are incredibly dangerous. And there have been meta-analyses and uh, uh, studies published that they they actually don't – do well at all at preventing a primary fracture. That is, if you've never had one before. So, you know, make sure you talk to your doctor about the risks and the benefits of the medications both and about fracture reduction. Ask them about fracture reduction. How much would this reduce my fracture risk? Not just will this improve my bone density.
1: Right, right. Wow, gosh, we have so much. To, I I, I want to talk a lot more into bone health, including hormones and all this, and we just didn't get a chance to do that. But I really appreciate you being here, Dr. Neustadt, and you've really opened our eyes up of why bone health is so important. Your website, nbihealth.com, that's where you, everyone can check you out. and There's a lot of information there on blog, and there's blogs and inf- and articles about bone and, and even other nutrition. Health. Uh, You can use Osteo K10 uh, for the Uh, dietary supplements anything that you want to get but the mk4 is what i use in my practice as well thank you so much for listening to this show i know you've learned a great deal of valuable information so do share the show with your loved ones it can really change their life for the better and please subscribe if you haven't already so we can continue to do our very best here on wellness for life if you need help in digging deeper with your health issues i work with people globally all around the world through phone and skype consultations and my contact info is available on my website drsuzanne.com Until next time, go out there and live your best life today full of energy, enthusiasm and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.